Well, welcome to another edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Barsha. Good to have you along for the ride today. Boy, we have a special hour for you today here on the program and then coming up at the top of the next hour. And, you know, I say that because we're in different time zones. So I could say, hey, it's 3 o'clock and coming up at 4, it's the National Crawford Roundtable podcast. But everyone at KLDC would say, wait, did the show start at 4? Um, so that's what we have for you today is the first hour of the program is uh, talking about some great issues involving religious liberty and all the more reason why we as Christians should vote. Now, I know this isn't a Super Tuesday edition of the broadcast, but uh, Dr. Jeremy McGarity, the senior pastor at Skyline Wesleyan Church in San Diego, who's a programmer here on K-Bright, 6.30 a.m., I believe, every weekday morning, and then 6.30 p.m. as well. Maybe it's 6 a.m., 6.30 p.m. on K-Bright, and then also uh, 12 noon-ish on uh, KCBC. You can hear Skyline Radio. We're going to talk about some of the work that he has been fortunate enough to accomplish uh, for the good of the kingdom uh, using our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom. And I wanted to kick things off here by letting you know that obviously we encourage you as Christians to vote. I all of the hosts were getting together earlier this week and we we're having a little uh, kind of email discussion with Mr. Crawford about how we're going to handle the presidential election 2024. And it was interesting because Bob and John are a little more tactical, you know, when it comes to this candidate does this and this candidate does that and this is what the parties do. And then Neil and I come in and we're a little more pastoral, not that we're any less tactical, but in terms of what are the goals of the parties, what are the goals of conservatives and Christians and, and making sure that we don't blur the lines too much, you know, between what we are, are calling is as Christians, which is to be salt and light in the world, go into all the world and preach the gospel. But then also to, you know, do you stand up uh, for the rights of the unborn, stand up for the rights of transgender or kids that are being forced into transgenderism. And um, so I'm, I'm grateful that we have these conversations each and every day. And I wanted to give you an opportunity to pick up a book. Um, Craig Huey with Election Forum and the Reality Alert that comes out, it seems like every day. Uh, Craig wrote a book on what it means to be a Christian in America who votes. It's really got a catchy title, The Christian Voter. Uh, there's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And I encourage you to check it out. Here's what we're doing today. I have four copies of this book to give away today. The Christian Voter by Craig Huey. How to vote for, not against your values, to transform culture and politics. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Since we're going to be talking about some issues that have a bit of a political overtone today, uh, I wanted to give you a chance to win that book. So that's our freebie. That's our giveaway for you as a bottom line listener today. And like I mentioned, we have four copies of this book by Craig Huey called uh, The Christian Voter, How to Vote For, Not Against Your Values to Transform Culture and Politics. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Now, to the parents at hand, or the, to, the, uh, to the stories at hand here, um, very interesting uh, story coming out of Texas, and our friends with Alliance Defending Freedom are responsible for the good news that we're hearing here. Uh, Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel Matt Sharp recently gave a statement uh, regarding the signing of a bill that was signed into law last Friday. This is the bill called Senate Bill 14 in the great state of Texas. This is a bill that is designed to protect children from dangerous procedures. Now, here's where 
we get into the whole woe to those who call good evil and evil good. When George Barna was on the program here not too long ago, he shared that one of the most eye-opening statistics about where we are as a culture right now is the fact that uh, the number of people who believe that the biblical worldview is the standard for living, that's where we get our morals and values from, that number of people has gone down by about 6% of the population. Now, I know it's frustrating if you are a Christian. Um, I was got into a little bit of a Twitter or no, Instagram exchange with our friend and colleague Jenna Ellis the other day. She posted something about uh, America being a Christian nation, talked about the Constitution, et cetera, et cetera. And I posted back, I said, well, it sounds like you're describing a theocracy. And she wrote, no, no, there's the, there's the Christian part and then there's the civil government part. And the Christian part is where we acknowledge that all of our rights and privileges come from God. That's what the founders believed in the Declaration of Independence. But you see, that's where even that argument gets a little wonky. Because while that was the heartbeat of the Declaration of Independence, it was signed on July 4th, 1776. Um, if that actually had become the Constitution, we would not have a federal holiday called Juneteenth coming up a week from Monday where, and you know the history behind Juneteenth. And please don't get lost in the weeds on this one. Juneteenth is not a black Independence Day. Rather, it is the day, largely recognized nationwide, when the final slaves who had been held in slavery, actually for two years after they should have been held in slavery, based on the 13th, 14th Amendment, and the Emancipation Patient Proclamation, et cetera, et cetera. June 19th, 1865 is recognized as the day when the final group of slaves in the great state of Texas, no less, uh, wound up hearing that they were actually free. Now, there were some slaves that were held in other pockets of the country, and, and they weren't completely emancipated until, you know, uh, later that year. But not only that, but, of course, with the segregationist Jim Crow laws, uh, there were still slavery called by different names up through 1964. And even today, I mean, look at the number of people in slavery and human trafficking and things of that nature. But nonetheless, if you, when you take a look at the nation, you know, and we say, okay, America is a Christian nation. I always am quick to point out that America is a nation that was founded on biblical values. If you look at our laws, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, well, thou shalt not murder, excuse me, thou shalt not bear false witness. Those, that, that's the Ten Commandments. The idea with the founders, of course, was that the American experiment would be such that the United States would be founded upon laws where we acknowledge the fact that our rights and privileges were given by God and not by the government. That's the Christian nation part. But when you see what America looked like by the time uh, the late 1788, early 1789, Constitution ratified what's 87, um, by the first presidential election, when only 6% of the population was actually able to vote and 20% of the population was in slavery, that whole Christian nation thing wasn't looking too good. It took us hundreds of years, decades, bills being passed and vetoed and overridden and to get to the point where we are right now. And even now, as Tim Scott found out on The View earlier this week, uh, we are a more perfect union, but we're still far from a perfect union which leads us to the morals and values issue. The same people who kept saying, don't force your morals and values down our throat are now the people who are saying, here, take my morals and values and shove them up your nose. Uh, the part of statistic, it's a slight change, but it's only going to get worse. And that is the number of people who believe 
that the Bible is the source of morality and standards and things like that, dropped by 6% during the pandemic. However, and hang on to your hats. At the same time, the number of people who believe that they are the morals and values that they live by, they are the source of their standards, went up by 6%. So ironically, the number of people who believe in absolute morals, absolute truth, absolute morals and values went up by 6% during the pandemic. But the overall number of people who believe that the biblical standard for living went down 6%. So I guess that would be a net 12% increase. Maybe that's not the exact numbers, but you get the idea. In other words, all those things you thought about leftists and progressives thinking that they're the standard, they're starting to believe it. I read the most fascinating uh, headline on Twitter a couple days ago. David French, who used to be counsel with the Alliance Defending Freedom, has been a guest on this program a couple times before. I have his phone number. Okay, I mean, we, we, Not that we're best buddies, but David was uh, a patriot, pretty solid American, conservative guy, law school, the whole bit. He After 9-11, he enlisted went and served three terms in Iraq. I mean, it's just good guy, right? And then the 2016 presidential election rolled around and then David French decided he didn't like Donald Trump. And then he wrote about that and then some Trump supporters evidently got a hold of his phone number and called his house and hassled his father-in-law. It's not, it's not a pretty story at all. I do not wish that on anyone and he has every right to be aggrieved. But over the past seven years, it's kind of been his mission then to tell anybody who supports Donald Trump, you're not really a Christian, you're not really a conservative, you're part of the quote-unquote right wing, I'm part of the more educated class of Christians, and now he writes for the New York Times, because the New York Times loves this. They love seeing a guy who's a Christian, who used to be a life-spending freedom as an attorney, who's smarter than all these other crazy right-wing nutjobs, uh, just disparaging the conservative cause. Which brings us back to South Carolina Senator Tim Scott, the first African-American conservative to serve in Congress, by the way. That's kind of a black eye, pun intended, for the GOP. That the first black senator from the South, Tim Scott, shows up, what, five years ago? He was a congressman before that, only African-American guy to be elected to the House and the Senate on the conservative side. And now he's announced his candidacy for presidency. I honestly think he's just trying to test the water. I don't think Tim Scott think he thinks he really has a shot at it. But once Donald Trump won in 2016, all bets are off, right? Anyway, so he goes on The View. And so, of course, they have Sonny Hostin and Whoopi Goldberg, two African-American panelists, asking him questions. And Whoopi sits in the corner and tries to you know, play good cop. Sonny's asking him questions about ra- systemic racism. And he's, Tim's doing a great job of answering it. David French retweet, retweets a clip and says, now this is one of the most encouraging things I've seen. When, when conservatives get off of the right-wing media you know, uh, safety zone and go out and engage in real debate and disagreement. I thought to myself, wow. Wow, he's only been with the New York Times, what, six months? And already that pedantic, condescending, see, right-wingers, see you conservatives, you don't know how to have a disagreement with anyone, but we here at the New York Times, we know how to disagree with everyone because... When's the last time you saw an honest debate played out on PBS or NPR or MSNBC? Watch CNN tonight, and they'll put a talking head and a panelist of five, a panel of 
four other panelists. Those five people will sit there and have a big agreeathon, love fest, hug it out moment. They won't even try <laughs> to have any sort of disagreement or debate. But there we go again. Can we in the conservative side talk about important, difficult issues and actually stand up to the criticism of the left? Well, one pastor here in Southern California is doing that. That's Pastor Jeremy McGarity, the senior pastor of Skyline Wesleyan Church and the host on the Bible teaching program Skyline Radio. Had a run-in with the state of California over abortion. And thanks to Alliance Defending Freedom, his church came out victorious. Let's get into a conversation with him, finding out how it went. Coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account, Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Special guest joining me today here on The Bottom Line Show, I'm Roger Marsh, along with Dr. Jeremy McGarity. Uh, Jeremy is the lead pastor at Skyline Church, and we have a link for their website up at thebottomlineshow.com. Of course, Skyline Radio, heard on Bright and KCBC. Check your local listings, as they say. Jeremy, it's good to have you back on the program today. Good to be with you again, Roger. Thank you. A couple of reasons to celebrate here. And again, we're not celebrating what's happening in the culture, but we're celebrating the way God is encouraging us as believers to do that whole First uh, Peter three fifteen with gentleness and respect, but Ephesians six, which says you put on the full armor of God and you can withstand the enemy's attacks and still be standing when this is all over. Skyline was at the heart of a legal action involving a California ordinance law, if you will, that has been in the books for about a decade now. And I didn't realize that uh, the, the flames of that fire were so close to you, Jeremy. Talk about uh, what we're talking about here with regard to churches being forced to fund abortions for their employees. Yeah, so even uh, before I got here, that lawsuit was started because, um, yeah, exactly, our healthcare coverage that we pay premium on, and especially in California, a major premium, yeah. a large portion of that was going to fund abortions. And obviously, we felt like, man, that we cannot be paying into a system that goes completely contrary to uh, our beliefs and to what the Word of God says. And so, a lawsuit was filed, and man, we we just have to say, the Alliance Defending Freedom, uh, the group of lawyers that represented us and other churches as well, uh, boy, they were something else. They actually mm. they they stayed patient through the whole process, even when they were before judges who were very antagonistic and <laughs> even degrading in many ways to them. Um, they they just stayed patient and they said, we're going to get there because it was just unconstitutional, one, very clearly. Um, and so they just kept, kept it up. And obviously now, as we know, uh, nine years later, it took nine years to get mm. this ruling. 
but their patience and perseverance uh, sticking to what's right. And uh, they were able to get that turned around so that, you know, the money that we pay into these, these health insurance providers to be able to support our, our staff, it, it doesn't go, they don't take a portion of that any longer and, and fund these abortions. And so we're very, very thankful for that victory. And we're certainly been celebrating that. Absolutely. Yeah. Pastor Jeremy McGarity is with me from Skyline Church today here on The Bottom Line. And we're talking about Skyline's recent victory with Alliance Defending Freedom at the helm. Uh, many people don't know this. And Jeremy, help expand on this, if you would, because you had to kind of learn uh, about this as since the lawsuit predated you. But you wound up, you know, here, here's the range of the church. And oh, by the way, there's this lawsuit here, too. When it comes to this type of legislation, a lot of people might say, yeah, but I work for a Christian company. I work for a church or whatever. No one here is using that anyway. So what's the big deal? We're just getting our health insurance and going on our way. And what you found out was, like you said, when you're buying that that uh, insurance policy from these insurance companies, a portion of what is going into what you're purchasing is actually being used to fund abortions. Did I hear that correctly? That's right. So that was mandated by the state of California. At, at, at one time, they decided to say a portion of everybody's health care premium is going to go to fund these abortions so people can mm -hmm. go and get free abortions. They can actually wow. just go do that. And so once that was mandated by the state of California, it became clear that we got to stand up and fight against that. And we got to mm -hmm. do whatever that takes. And many people don't even know that. They don't know right. that some of their health care premiums are going to fund things that they don't agree with. But here in California, we know it's the capital of crazy, and that's exactly what's been happening. There's things that we're uncovering as a church consistently uh, that we are fighting, and it's something that it's easy to sit back and just say, well, that really doesn't affect me. That's mm -hmm. not something that I really want to get involved in. And and so many people even will say, why is the church even putting their nose in these different areas? And I say some people, those are secular people typically. But it's because this is about right and wrong, and it's about fighting the good fight. It's about standing up and making our voice be heard. And when people are tithing and when people are giving offerings, they're certainly not expecting that their tithes and offerings are going to go to fund abortion. Excellent point. Excellent point. But when you're receiving those tithes and offerings and you're paying for health care coverage for your employees, and it is going, portion of it is going to fund abortions, we had to stand up. We had to say no more. We, we cannot allow that. And- thankful for Alliance Defending Freedom that we didn't have to pay a dime for that defense. Excellent. You know, when you look at uh, 900, our own case was over $900,000 in legal fees. Wow. That wasn't coming out of tithes and offerings. We weren't paying ADF. They ended up getting the money from the state of California. The state Excellent. of California had to pay those legal fees, not just for ours, but also for other churches uh, that were in the lawsuit, had different... Uh, different defense, uh, you know, folks defending them, not just ADF, but other people were defending other churches. And it, it, it 1.4, 1.5 million total that the state of California ended up paying those legal fees. So we're really grateful. Not one penny of our folks' ties and offerings ended up going to that defense. So I think that's great. Well, that is great news. And we're thrilled for our friends at Skyline Church. And of course, with Skyline Radio being heard every weekday, morning and evening here on K-Bright and also in the middle of the day on KCBC. Of course, if you've heard Pastor Jeremy and his passionate teaching of the gospel, you know that this whole issue that we're talking about here, uh, Jeremy, you, 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 you hit on this so well, and I want you to kind of circle back around to it too. 
this was something that it's not like the, you've got a whole team at Skyline Church. They're saying, let's go sniff this stuff out. You know, let's go find it. Let's go looking for it. This is something that literally came to the church. I mean, in terms of you're looking at your insurance policy and you're looking at the California state law and saying, hey, wait a minute, where does this go? And then tying it back into the fact that there are people giving tithes and offerings, making donations to ministries like yours and saying, hey, I, I want to know that you're preaching the gospel. I want to know that you're helping the poor, that you're expanding the church and whatever. I don't want my tithe to go to funding abortions. And yet the state that constantly tells us that we have to have this separation of church and state, the state shouldn't be involved in what we're doing, is forever sticking their nose in your business whenever you try to, you know, say, hey, we're going to go to a Padres game or something like that, you know, and throw out the first pitch and sing the national anthem as, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait these churches here, you know, we, we, we've got too many drag queen story nights that we got to have at the, uh, at Petco Park. That's a whole different conversation. But, uh, Courage. Talk to the the pastor who's listening right now and says, "Good for you, Jeremy. I'm glad you're bold in doing this." But that kind of isn't our thing. You kind of started down this road a little bit, but I'd love for you to uh, give a, a pep talk, an exhortation. Not a. It's not shaming. You're just saying, "Look, this is the world we're living in right now." Yeah, you know, and and I would say I've come a long way, and I've been a pastor now um, for 25 years, and. You know, I would say I, I was all about, you know, hey, let's talk about what we're for and not what we're against. You know, mm -hmm. we're going to win more people if we talk about what we're for. And but churches are known for what they're against. And there's that that rhetoric. And I, I bought into that for a long time because I just wanted to win souls. And, and right. I felt like once we win them, then they'll change. But he, but here's what happened is is churches were becoming influenced by the culture. It was very clear. And, and then when COVID hit, that really ramped things up in my mind as I saw the hypocrisy. I saw the hypocrisy of our government when they would, you know, close a church, but not close a Home Depot or they wouldn't close a Costco. And they, and, you know, you're seeing 500 people all next to each other in these places, but yet we can't worship. And so I saw the hypocrisy there and I started to notice, you know what, if we don't say something, people aren't going to know where to go to get the truth. And so the more and more that these churches decide, no, we're, we're, we really love these people so much that we're just going to accept whatever comes. That's not the way it is. You have to love someone enough to tell the truth. And so we decided, you know, we're going to tell the truth. And are there going to be consequences? Well, sure. But you know what? At the end of the day, we'd rather be truth tellers. And you don't have to be a jerk when you tell the truth, but you got to right. love people enough to tell them the truth. And that's where we're at in our culture. We don't have enough churches. We don't have enough pastors standing up and saying, no, that's actually evil. That's wrong. You can't do that. You should not do that. And what's our authority? Well, it's the word of God. And we understand people have freedom in our culture. We understand you can do that. You can live however you want. And matter of fact, the laws protect you. If you're LGBTQ or whatever, you get to do that. Hey, we're not denying that. That's absolutely true but it's not the best for you. And we're here as a church because of our authority based on the word of God. We're going to tell you the truth. That's that's what we are. That's who we are. We have to. Otherwise, why are we a church? Are we just another social, uh, social club? You know, let the Kiwanis do that. Let the United Way go yeah. to those places. But if you're going to go to a church, if you're going to be a pastor of a church, then it's our mandate to tell the truth. We have yes. to tell the truth. Let people decide what they're going to do. They're, they're, law, they're protected by all that. But man, we got to stand and it starts in the pulpit. I just shared this, this on Sunday. You know, if we're going to win California and I'm crazy enough to think we can win California, <laughs> we can yeah. bring it back. We can get 
people, you know, out of this this fog, this nonsense. I mean, we've got kids changing their genders and now we got kids wanting to be dogs and cats. They're called furries. I don't know if you heard this. Mm. This is unbelievable. They got litter boxes in elementary school classrooms now for these kids. And so it's like, look, this is so insane, but let's tell the truth. Let's do it in love because love tells the truth. And that's, that's my um, encouragement to pastors. You know, we want to win souls, but you're not going to win souls unless you tell the truth. Amen. Telling the truth in love is what Reverend Jeremy McGarity is all about. And Dr. McGarity is the lead pastor at Skyline Church here in San Diego. And they have campuses all across the country. And their 10 by 10 by 10 ministry outreach program is going very, very well. We've got a link for Skyline Church and Skyline Radio up at thebottomlineshow.com. Celebrating the successful legal endeavor with Alliance Defending Freedom uh, that was able to uh, result in a victory for Skyline and many other churches that said we don't want the money that we're paying into our insurance policies going to California free abortion program and so that's not happening that's good news on the other side of this break though we'll take a quick stop down here and come back and talk about uh another reason why reverend mcgarity has been on the television of late uh with regard to another major controversy and what's going on right now here during the month of june aka pride month that's coming up next as the bottom line continues you've been in an accident and the worst thing you can do is to wait to contact stephanie at cover law Stephanie frequently talks to people who waited too long to seek help with their cases or tried to handle them on their own, and by then, it's too late. Family and friends mean well, but they can give truly bad advice. Often, even trusted advisors will try and convince you to wait for more compensation. Stephanie knows the insurance companies want you to wait. They don't want you to file police reports, and they don't want you to reach out to Stephanie at Cover Law. That's because Stephanie is keenly aware of the tactics they use and why. She spent 20 years litigating for insurance companies and knows the strategy they will use to minimize their liability and your awarded amount. Insurance companies are for profit. They don't share Stephanie's Christian values, and typically they won't be fair to you. Don't deny yourself the ability to get better. Go with a proven expert in the field of personal injury and contact Cover Law at kbrightradio.com slash C-O-V-E-R today. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Pastor Jeremy McGarity of Skyline Church is my guest. Fascinating good news from Skyline's case with Alliance Defending Freedom against the state of California. The nine-year-old lawsuit is over. Skyline no longer has to pay money for their health insurance that is siphoned out of that plan and put into a fund that California has a state mandate for that requires that every insurance company take a portion of the money that you pay into your health insurance premium and set it aside for abortions. Ridiculous and unconscionable. And even though Pastor Jeremy was not the guy who started the lawsuit when he started at the church, he kind of inherited it and wrote it out to the end. So congratulations, Pastor Jeremy McGarity and uh, the folks at Skyline Church. Listen to Skyline Radio tonight, 6.30 p.m. here on K-Bright and uh, check your local listings for other broadcast times. We're gonna take a quick break and when we come back, another big issue that's hitting that church. It's involving the LGBT community. That's coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Dr. Jeremy McGarity is the lead pastor at Skyline Church. He's the Bible teacher on Skyline Radio, which is heard every weekday morning here on Cape Right and weeknight here in San Diego and in the middle of the day on KCBC. Uh, we're talking today about uh, celebrating, first and foremost, the huge victory that Alliance Defending Freedom kind of steered and engineered them through with regard to a legal challenge to California's law that mandates that a portion of all insurance company monies that you pay into your insurance 
plan, go to provide free abortions. And Skyline and many other churches challenged that and now are no longer bound by that. Uh, that's a great victory, Jeremy. But before the break, we were talking about the culture that tries to go along to get along and you know doesn't want to be you know that involved quote unquote in the uh, what's happening in the world right now here we are smack dab in the middle of pride month where we've got all sorts of folks in the LGBTQ community you know the, the flap at Dodger Stadium and everything i know you've been getting a lot of press up for yourself and for the church probably not something you were uh, going out to try to get but uh, you know it's amazing how Good news travels fast and bad news travels faster and people yeah. are looking for a calm voice of reason. Uh, talk about what uh, God has been having you participate in recently in terms of interviews with the media and talking to the press about the biblical perspective on all things LGBTQ. Yeah, we had a series I did on biblical sexuality and we because, you know, obviously this is in our face uh, every day now, and especially right. since it's June. And then our local community, uh, our city under under really protests from the majority of citizens um, decided anyway to fly the pride flag this month. Hmm. And we just thought that was so insensitive to the entire community because we have dozens and dozens of people here at Skyline Church that have come out of the LGBTQ movement. Wow. They were injured. They were seriously hurt by that movement. And they have repented and they've come to Christ and they are recognizing and they're trying to get more people out of that movement. They're recognizing the incredible mental, physical, emotional damage that that group does. And we've called them a religion. We've called them a cult. They are. They're absolutely going after souls. And so these people have come out of that movement and they they see these flags and it's triggering for them. It's very difficult. And so we yeah. tried to make the case that this is insensitive and certainly not inclusive, as uh, that's you know obviously their terminology they use all the time. Right. Uh, this is right in your face. Too bad if you don't like it. We're going to fly that flag. And my contention is, how about if we just fly the American flag? Oh, there you go. Fly the flag of the city of La Mesa. How about just do that instead of putting this in our face for two percent of the population? I understand some people say, oh, it's ten percent of the population. No, it's not. Okay, no, we've done the scientific studies. We we look at who's actually LGBTQ. And in our series on biblical sex, we talked about the fact that it's the most unhealthy lifestyle you could ever engage in. Mm. A 25 to 30 year decrease in lifespan. We talked about the diseases Incredible. we talked about. Yeah, if that was the case of anything else, alcoholism, drug addiction, we'd be plastering it all over the place to avoid this just for health purposes. Yet it's championed everywhere. And then you go to a Target in its front and center, mm -hmm. right in your face, mm -hmm. shirts that the, the one that I saw that, that it's just, you know, you got a girl saying, I'm thinking about girls all day long. That's what the shirt said. And it's like, mm. that's what we're going to have right in front of a Target, whether it's Target or Bud Light. They're starting to see the ramifications of doing that because it doesn't represent everybody. But instead of humbly looking at that and saying, you know what? We need to reconsider that. The LGBTQ cult goes one step further and starts to boycott those places themselves and say, <laughs> don't shop there. Don't do that because they're not standing up for you. And oh, you just man. go, what is going on in our culture? And so we started just talking about that, that, you know, you cannot continue to champion something that is so unhealthy 
for the individual and so right. unhealthy for our community and so unhealthy for our culture. And yet we're going to see these flags. We're going to see the commercials. We're going to see these corporations coming out with their logo and rainbow colors and all this. And yet they're not paying attention to the science. Let's take faith out of it. Take faith out of it. Okay. Take the fact that we're Christians. We believe in the Bible. Take that out of it. Let's just look at it from a health standpoint, just a scientific standpoint and take those statistics and say, if it was anything else, We'd be telling people, stay away, stay away, stay away. But yet, because it's the enemy, we know this, right? The mm -hmm. evil one is very coy. He's going to make, he, he's going to call things that are good, evil, and evil. Evil, good. And that's yeah. what we're seeing in our culture right now. But hard to avoid it, but it doesn't mean we accept it and we just say, oh, well, we got to deal with it. That's where it is in our culture. I've certainly heard that in California for years now. Hey, Jeremy, that fight's over, man. You just need to move on. I'm not moving on. Because it's about righteousness and it's about what's right and what's wrong, what's good and what's evil. And we got to keep calling evil evil and we got to keep calling good good and keep fighting the fight. We cannot give up on that. Well, that's powerful words of wisdom from Jeremy McGarity today here on The Bottom Line. He's the lead pastor at Skyline Church. He's the Bible teacher on Skyline Radio. Check the links for both up at thebottomlineshow.com. Jeremy, you've given us a really powerful exhortation here today as to how you're handling things with Skyline Church. Um, Talk about the response you're getting, because I, I was very intrigued with the fact we hear this all the time from the LGBTQ crowd. There's no such thing as gay conversion. You know, the, that therapy is bad. It's horrible. And you're talking about dozens of people in your church, in your congregation who say, I did not want this same sex attraction. I found help for it. And now I'm triggered by what you guys are doing. Talk about the things that you do at the church specifically and ways that you're encouraging other churches to say, don't just turn a blind eye to this. We need to deal with it head on. Yeah, and I think the first thing we have to do is talk about it in church. You, you can't be afraid to talk about the LGBTQ religion. You cannot be afraid to talk about it. So many people are so concerned or afraid to talk about, like, we're going to, you know, we're going to be attacked or we're going to have backlash. No, what's happening, and, and this happened last Sunday. We had a uh, uh, two lesbian, a lesbian couple come to church. And I was told by one of our ushers, hey, just so you know, I know we're talking about LGBTQ stuff. You just need to know there's a couple here um, that that is, you know, lesbian couple. And I got to meet them and they just said, you know, they're just here checking out church. And I said, that's great. Glad they're here. So uh, I did. I talked about LGBTQ. I talked about the fact that it's a, it's a religion and that there is a a mind control that comes with it. There's love bombing at first, which is typical of any cult. You love bomb. You're part of us. We love you so much. But as soon as you try to get out, I mean, some of our folks had death threats just wow. by trying to get out of the group. And so I shared all of that. I talked about that. And this couple was right there. And our um, one of our pastors talked to them afterwards as they were leaving. Just they want we always want to know what you think. Like we would love to we would love to have this conversation with you. Right. And they actually said they said, you know what? We've never thought about it that way. Like we get it. We're part of that group, but we've never thought about it like that. And wow. that was very interesting. We can see where he's coming from. And so one of our pastors actually said, well, are you coming back? And they said, actually, we are. We'll be back next week. Cool. And we've said it from the beginning. Like when we do our membership class or anything else, we say we want them here. Where else are they going to hear truth? Right. They need to hear the truth of the word of God. So we share that all the time. We'd love for you to be here. Now, if they're going to be militant and they're going to be going around, you know, yelling at people and saying we're this, no, you're out. You're not going to be here. But if you're here to learn and if you're mm -hmm. willing to listen, 
we're, we want to have that conversation. We absolutely want to tell you where we're coming from, from the truth of the word of God. So that's why I think it's been, there's been an openness to that and why they'll invite some more people. And then other people who are really struggling with the whole LGBTQ manipulation and domineering spirit that's there, they start inviting more of their friends. Like, hey, you need to come and hear some truth here. Mm-hmm. And there, and so that's why um, I think we're growing in that that element. More and more people coming out of that movement they see it as a place, an alternative. You know, they haven't heard the truth. If they've been in public right. school, all they've heard is, hey, you have some doubts about your gender. You have some doubts about a traditional marriage. Guess what? That's because you are part of the LGBTQ, because you are homosexual, because you are transgender. And so they're told that right away. I mean, I could tell you story after story. We had one kindergartner that accidentally brought, maybe I've shared this before, she accidentally brought her mom's lipstick, thought it was a highlighter, or a crayon brought mom's lipstick to um, to school to their to kindergarten class mm-hmm. and pulled it out to pop it off and start writing and start coloring something. And the teacher grabbed onto that and said, "Oh, you're a girl." It's a little boy. You're a girl. You're a girl. Look at that. You have a lipstick and just pressed mm. into that so mm. hard that the kid was so confused and went home and told mom. And then mom, coming from our church, just said just went after the school, but they just kept pushing her down and pushing Mm. her back. No, 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 no. You need to let your son discover who he really is. And that's all they kept saying. He accidentally brought the lipstick. Right. That's what happens in so many public schools today. One little inkling, one little inkling, and they just jump on it and they have these rainbow clubs. They feed them candy and ice cream and video games. One of our students just told us about this recently and they get them at rainbow club. And it's just unbelievable the indoctrination that is happening yet it's confusing kids all the time. It's confusing them instead of giving them the truth. They're giving them this rhetoric yeah, and this propaganda. So it's a challenge, but unbelievable. Well, I, I'm grateful you guys are standing firm and also setting an example for other churches, other ministries uh, who are looking to do the same because they need to do the same. Uh, Dr. Jeremy McGarrity has been my guest today here on the bottom line. Skyline Church is he's the lead pastor. And then, of course, Skyline Radio is up at the bottom line Jeremy, how can we pray for you, your family, your church? this final 60. Yeah, you know, we're we're uh, continuing to uh, expand and our academy is growing. And we have uh, we're adding ninth and tenth grade this year. We'll have uh, 11th and 12th next year. Uh, we're continuing to see more and more people come. And so that means we need more space. And so <laughs> we appreciate a prayer for uh, more and more space and to be able to provide uh, that training for the kids that that really need it. And, you know, we have all the way through birth. We have birth and this is a, a, a preschool. And then we have our, our academy. And then we're starting the high school and then we're partnering. Uh, we have our San Diego Christian College, which we're building and it's getting stronger and stronger. And so be praying for that because we got to train kids up just like the public school yes. system is trying to train them when they're young, mm-hmm. uh, that all this LGBTQ stuff is OK. We need to train them about the word of God. And so we have uh, an ability to do that. And we just appreciate prayers that that would be something that would be really special. And it would be the beginning of the turning of California. You know, as California goes, they say the rest of the nation goes. Yes. Crazy is gone going throughout our nation. But how about if the righteousness could go throughout our nation, starting right here in California? Amen. Amen. Well, Jeremy Begarity, thank you for your time today and for the great work you're doing with Skyline Church and with Skyline Radio. Thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. My pleasure. Thank you, Roger. Wow, such a great, impactful conversation. And thank you, Pastor Jeremy McGarity, for showing us how it's done. 
Uh, remember to listen to Skyline Radio tonight here on K-Bright. Uh, tomorrow, you can also pick it up, of course, during the early morning hours here on K-Bright and at uh, 12 noon, 1230 KCBC. Jim's got the uh, information. Jim Wells, our operations manager there uh, for the proper broadcast times on the Bottom Line Show. Hey, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, I want to get into a story. Speaking of what uh, Pastor Jeremy was talking about, with regard to uh, people in the LGBT community who apparently are all prided up this month. And yet, whenever you mention anything that has to do with young people and children, like you heard that wild story Pastor Jeremy talked, told about a, a kid in their church, a little five-year-old boy who wound up getting a hold of his mom's lipstick, took it to school one day, and the teacher decided he was transgender. Uh, let's talk about what's happening in Texas to stop this type of thing. Coming up next as the bottom line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year, and and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. Okay, now you begin to see how the cost per ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com. Hit the Preborn banner right now. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. Roger Marsh here checking in to uh, just to thank a couple of people before we get back to our topic of conversation here. I want to thank Mark in San Diego and Aaron in San Clemente for taking advantage of the special opportunity that we have to sponsor kids through preborn. Now, what we are encouraging to do when we talk about sponsoring children, of course, preborn is pregnancy resource centers and preborn offers free ultrasounds to women who are pregnant or pregnancy tests for women who think they're pregnant solutions for pregnant families expecting families who are saying wait i didn't plan on this or gosh i don't know we've got two kids i'm not sure if the third one is is going to work for us and the culture says okay we'll have an abortion that's it but the preborn clinic method is way better because they give you a pregnancy test they give you an ultrasound they get you give the chance to see the pictures of the baby on the ultrasound image screen and then you get to hear the heartbeat figure out how far along you are in the pregnancy and then let you know what your three options are either raise that child on your own um, have an abortion in a state where it's legal or release that child for adoption and 85 percent of the time a woman goes to a pre-born clinic and sees that ultrasound image she chooses life for her baby and thousands of women come to faith in christ because of the witnessing the pre-born does uh, as well mark made a 28 dollars donation and i'm so grateful that you did that mark that means one it's 28 dollars per uh 
ultrasound treatment appointment. So that $28 uh, will make sure that one more baby gets saved. Aaron gave a gift of $140. That will save the lives of five babies. But right now, we have a special match in place. Dennis Wilson at Wilson Financial has put up a $7,500 matching gift. And the goal for us is to raise another $7,500. That combined with Dennis's will give us $15,000 that will allow us to purchase an ultrasound machine for a preborn clinic that needs one. 833-850-BABY is the number to call with your donation. 833-850-2229. That works out to B-A-B-Y. Or you can go online to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click the preborn banner there. If it's easier to find it, you can go to rogermarsh.com. Either way, regardless of whether you click or call, make sure you let them know that you heard about our preborn matching gift on the Bottom Line Show, and that's part of the reason why you're calling. So I encourage you to pick up the phone or click and reach out to preborn today. My thanks again to Pastor Jeremy McGarity, the teaching pastor on Skyline Radio, which is heard every weekday on K-Bright Radio, uh, AM 740, AM 1240 in San Diego, and also on uh, KCBC, our sister station, uh, AM 770 in the Bay Area, 12.30 p.m. is when you hear Skyline Radio with Pastor Jeremy McGarity, 12.30 p.m. in the afternoon, Monday through Friday. And then, of course, you can also hear it, as I mentioned, on K-Bright, AM 740, and uh, broadcast times. I want to get the, make sure I have these down for you to go ahead and put down. Uh, just lock them in, okay? Um, morning and evening, you get a chance to hear Pastor Jeremy McGarity, uh, 6 a.m., and then also... Uh, 6.30 p.m. on uh, K-Bright AM 740 and K-Bright AM 1240 in San Diego and some weekend releases as well. Uh, during our conversation, we talked about two things that have happened at Skyline Church. The first, of course, the fantastic uh, good news from our friends at Alliance Defending Freedom that Skyline no longer has to have uh, employees who are beholden to the People's Republic of California. You may not have known this, that uh, in California... Uh, if you, this is a bill that passed in 2014 uh, that forces churches to pay for abortions. And there were some exemptions that were made and like the left loves to do this. The left will kind of do a hop, skip and jump around an issue. Remember when Obamacare was coming into play and the Little Sisters of Mercy, little uh, small religious group, Catholic nuns, Jesuits, I believe. And what was it? Somewhere in Pennsylvania or whatever it was. And th these were elderly nuns who cared for elderly nuns who were basically, they'd taken a vow of poverty, so they didn't have a lot of money. And the Obama administration wanted to force the Little Sisters of the Poor to get health insurance that provided abortion coverage. Now, by definition, I'm just going to throw this out here without trying to sound sarcastic, but the Little Sisters of the Poor would never need abortion care. The Little Sisters of the Poor would never need OBGYN as far as pregnancy goes. Gynecological services? Absolutely. Obstetrician? Not a chance. And yet the administration, when the Affordable Care Act was passed, was so hell-bent, and I use that term intentionally, on making sure everyone paid into the system, the Little Sisters finally took up their case and said, wait, we got to go to court and they lost an appeal, then they won an appeal, and finally the Supreme Court said, this is nuts. I mean, they're nuns for crying out loud. They don't need abortion care. They don't need obstetricians. Can we just have a little common sense here? But this is something leftism doesn't do. They get so enamored with the law, so enamored with the jot and tittle of the legality system, 
that they don't take the common sense attributes into, into effect. Case in point, when it comes to the so-called transgender ideologies. And I love the fact that Pastor Jeremy said Skyline had a, a couple, and they've had couples over the past. I mean, there was something like 13 or 14 different people right now who are currently worshiping at Skyline who came out of the LGBTQ movement. And, and he calls it the religion. I think that's, that's a fair thing to say. There's a religious fervor that people in the LGBTQ community have to have if they're going to keep their focus. So a couple of women came, introduced themselves to one of the ushers. Usher told Pastor Jeremy they had a chance to talk to one of the pastors afterwards, and he was talking about some of the realities of the LGBTQ community in terms of the science and things of that nature. And these women very honestly said, look, we like what we heard because we've never heard this before. And it's amazing to me to think, there was a Focus on the Family ran an article years ago. One of their staff writers was a woman who identified herself as a tomboy. And she said, you know, if you come to my house right now, you probably will find me mowing the lawn or working on one of the cars while my husband is inside making dinner and doing the dishes. But that doesn't make him any less of a man. It doesn't make me any less of a woman, she wrote. But then she talked about the things she liked to do. She was the middle of three daughters. She was really close to her dad. If dad went fishing, she wanted to go fishing. If dad mowed the lawn, she wanted to mow the lawn. She was really what we used to call a classic tomboy. Once she got to college, she met this guy, just knocked her, swept her off her feet, head over heels, the whole bit. But she still had that kind of tomboy tendency. Hey, okay, a little personal revelation here. In the Marsh household, get the Roger Marsh household, guess who is more likely to tinker with an app or try to fuss with something like a door lock issue? We have a door that goes into our garage and one of the little springs got stuck. And, uh, and so basically, who was the one who took it off? Jimmy didn't hammer it and we went to Lowe's together and who was talking to the technician? That was my lovely wife because she likes that stuff. She was a single mom for a long time. She did a lot of gadgety handy stuff. I'm not a gadgety handy guy. But I'll tell you what, she'll never see the laundry fill up in the laundry hamper because I started doing laundry when I was eight, right? It just becomes second nature to me. The, the machine does all the work, same with the dishes, right? Not that hard. You find your own rhythm. Men could do that kind of stuff. Women could do that kind of stuff. It's no big deal. But to, to totalitarian leftists, as Pastor Jeremy said, here's a mom in his church who has a five-year-old son. Five-year-old son finds her lipstick in her purse. Thinks it's cool. Hey, it twists the bottom and this red thing comes up and it makes color and starts coloring with it. Puts it in his pocket, takes it to school. She doesn't know it's there. He's in the classroom coloring, coloring with the lipstick and what does the teacher say? Aha, little Timmy here has lipstick. He must be a girl. He must be transgender. Timmy, we're going to help you choose your gender. And we're not going to tell mom. Mom finds out what the kid says. Kid's confused because kids that age have nightmares thinking they'll go to bed a boy and wake up a girl or vice versa. And it's not that either gender is bad or better. It's the idea that you're just getting used to object permanence in your life. And now this comes along. That's terrifying for a young child, but not to totalitarian leftists. So here comes Timmy's mom into class, starts talking to the teacher, and the teacher wants to throw mom out. Now, who in their right mind? Oh, oh, here's the deal. I mean, have you seen another social media meme where a dad says, yeah, my son's really into Peter Pan. He's identifying as Captain Hook, so I did the only natural thing. I took him to the pediatrician and asked him to cut off his right arm. <laughs> so we could put a hook on it, of course, right? 
Well, SB 14 in Texas makes it illegal to do that kind of stuff. I'm going to get into the particulars about this bill on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. By the way, as we're talking about all these electoral issues, uh, the transgender bills, you know, there are going to be a lot more of them on the ballot in 2024. Uh, We're giving away copies of Craig Huey's outstanding book called The Christian Voter Today, How to Vote For and Not Against Your Values. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. Uh, Alliance Defending Freedom Senior Counsel Matt Sharp is the director of the ADF Center for Legislative Advocacy. He had the following quote regarding Texas Governor Greg Abbott's signing of SB 14, a bill that protects children from dangerous and life-altering medical procedures. Quote, denying the truth that we are either male or female ends up hurting people, especially vulnerable children. By enacting this legislation, Texas has taken critical steps to protect children from radical activists that peddle gender ideology and pressure children into life-altering experimental procedures and drugs. Young people deserve to live in a society that does not subject them to risky experiments to which they cannot effectively consent. That's why other countries like Sweden and England and Finland are also adopting policies that better protect children from the bad science that has already devastated countless lives. Here's the beauty of what these people are doing. And Governor Abbott, uh, Congressman Tom Oliverson, Oliverson, and uh, Representative uh, Donna Campbell. Basically what they're saying is children cannot have these procedures. No hormone injections, no cross-sex procedures, and no surgical apparatus until you're at least an adult. I was reading uh, the account of one guy who lives in Florida says, I don't like what they're doing here because I no longer have access to my cross-sex hormone therapy because a clinic that he was getting his cross-sex hormones from, a Planned Parenthood clinic, by the way, uh, was no longer in operation because they'd been making so much money off the kid business. And when Governor DeSantis signed similar legislation there, they weren't making any more money. To which I say, sorry, not sorry. This is the dinner you are dealt. If you have to go a little further to get it and you can't just buy it over the counter at Planned Parenthood, I'm okay with that. Ultimately, each of us has to give an accounting of our lives before the Lord. And that also includes how well did we live the gender that he assigned to us. That is good news and that's the bottom line. The National Crawford Roundtable podcast coming up next as the bottom line continues.